and welcome to the first episode of the Yearbooking Podcast. My name is Scott Giese. I've spent the last 20 years as a representative for Jostin's Yearbooks. Before that, I spent 17 years as a broadcaster in radio and television, and my entire career has been tied to journalism ever since I was in high school. What can I say? I love storytelling, which is the basis, or should be, of all yearbook work. It's what the folks really want. This podcast is planned as a monthly feature for you. We may throw in some extras here and there as we highlight some particular topic of yearbooking or storytelling with an interview with an expert or advisor who is well-versed with that topic. I hope that you may find their insights helpful as you work on your own yearbooking effort. And yes, I use the term yearbooking like a verb because today there are many ways to tell stories besides just the book. Telling the stories of the school year is the ultimate goal here, but yes, the yearbook will always be the key element. In this episode, as the school year is beginning again, we'll talk about just getting things started, which is ultimately tied to good organization. But in my 20 years of yearbooking, I found that the majority of yearbook advisors could use some help in that regard. So we went to a seven-time winner of the Jostens Yearbook Program of Excellence Award, Kim Bowser of Port Allegheny High School in Pennsylvania. Only a handful of advisors and their staffs have won this award all seven years of its existence, and no one is more organized than Kim. See what tips and ideas you can pick up as we spoke recently. First off, Kim, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Now, we're recording this, to be honest, in July, which, mm -hmm. of course, nobody's in school. But us. <laughs> but you. Well, let's start there, okay? Okay. We're doing a yearbook interview here in July where you get some yearbook work done. Why July? Why now? Because this is when we have our ad sales days where the staff goes around to local businesses and sells ad space to offset the cost of the book. Um, I bring the kids in for two days in July. We hit the town fast. We hit them hard with discount prices before all the other fundraisers start up in the school. Um, so they're not tired of saying yes or no to other fundraisers and usually we come out pretty pretty well on these two days. Um, we offer a 15% discount if they buy within these two days and um, a lot of businesses like that idea. How long have you been doing it this way? 14 years. And I'm assuming the businesses are sort of used to Oh yeah. Seeing your group walk in, right? Very much. And my staff goes in with, if they bought an ad from the previous year, they're all prepared when they walk in the door. They show them their ad, thank them for buying an ad, and they show them their ad from the previous year and do their spiel about the next year. And usually those businesses are like, same thing next year. So it's not that hard. No, not once you've established it. Okay. Yeah. Let's back up a little bit, all right? Mm -hmm. um, a little bit about you. How long have you been teaching? How long have you been yearbook advisor and so on? Finished up year 30 teaching, um, 14 years as a yearbook advisor, um, and still loving, still love it when the door closes and I'm with the kids. Now, to be fair, you and I have worked together that entire 14 years. Yes, we have. And so you want to work another 14? Uh, <clears throat> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. Say no. <laughs> Absolutely okay, not. Come on. <laughs> Let's go back 14 years. In other words, let's set the table. 
when you started, when you took over this position, what was the situation like, either yearbook-wise, any, any way-wise? Well, there were a number of issues. When we, uh, myself and a, another coworker took it over together, and we did a team for about four years. Um, we took over very little staff. Um, most people had uh, left jump ship, I guess you could say, and the yearbook was an $11,000 debt when we took it over. Uh, so we had a challenge. Um, first three years were a matter of working off that debt, um, but I think bringing in us as new blood brought in a lot of new students. Um, they were excited to see some new advisors. They knew us as teachers. Um, actually, um, our first and second year, we had close to 50 staff members. And it, yeah, it yeah. was hard to manage that. I don't recommend that for any, any staff to have that. But we weeded out after that. And now we average anywhere from 16 to 20, which is just perfect, so. Okay, yeah, you inherited a tough situation. Very and much so. Depending on who's you know listening to this, could be a rookie advisor, somebody who's been at this for a year or two, maybe somebody who's a veteran like yourself. Every situation out there is different. Some folks inherit tough situations. When you when you first started, and you looked at the situation in front of you, like oh boy, what was the first thing? Like we got to do this first thing. We got to handle this right away. First or thing we got to get organize. Done. We had to organize and decide what we were. We knew we needed to raise money. That was that was the big thing. We had to offset the the debt. Um, so. Uh, I was kind of the um, business side of it, I guess you could say, and my other coworker, my co-advisor, she was the one who kind of was the idea person. Um, she would come up with the ideas and I'd make them happen. Um, so the fundraising, we did a lot of fundraising the first few years, not just the ad sales. We had fundraisers. We had a Powerpuff football. Um, we sold carnations at Valentine's Day. Um, a lot of various different fundraisers just to get the cost up. Uh, People were willing to buy the books that year, but after the first year, when they saw our product, it sold itself after that. And it got easier and easier, but this, that first year was tough, and selling ads was definitely, I sat down with the phone book, the local phone book. We're not a very big town, um, and I sat down with the phone book for our town and a couple local towns around us and literally wrote down the businesses and that's where I sent the kids out. They went out in groups to the different businesses to raise the money to offset the cost of the book. Now again, to be fair, uh, you're a rural school. Yes. You're not tiny, but you're not large. No. All right, you'd be a little bit closer to the tiny end than, than, than right. the large end. Imagine for a moment if you were at a large school, would you have done anything differently? Um, probably not. Um, I probably wouldn't have sat down with the phone book. That would have been too daunting of a task, but I still would have, I would have sold ads to the local town. Um, we take kids from 7th through 12th grade. Um, I don't think in a larger school I would be able to do that, but we find it's very helpful to have students in 7th grade and 8th grade. First, they're not involved in everything yet. Um, secondly, uh, they know those kids. We, you know, we are a school that's 7th through 12th grade, so when we have a book and we have students in chorus and a picture and we don't know who they are, we can go to one of our 7th graders if they're in junior high chorus and say, who is this kid? Um, so we always have a, a group to pull from. Um, but if, if I were in a larger school, I couldn't imagine having a, a staff with that many kids. So. Okay. 
So here we are at the beginning of the school year, and judging from what you've said, organization is a oh, huge very much so. key. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that in different facets. And you mentioned your staff. Now again, we know each other, so I know that you have a very organized staff. Yes. How do you do that? For folks out there that aren't as organized, how do you do that? Uh, we actually pick our staff in April, the year before, uh, if they apply. They don't just sign up and they fill out an application and sometimes if I have a student that's very, very involved in other activities, I don't usually take them because I don't want them stretching themselves too thin. Um, most of my veterans sign up again and those are the students that I choose. Um, I choose usually choose one editor-in-chief. I have had co-editor-in-chiefs. Sometimes I have uh, somebody that's very good at the um, the, the part of talking to other students where uh, the other person's good at the organization, so I'll pull those two together. I did that the last two years. This year I have a student who I think is very good at both, um, so I only have one editor-in-chief. Uh, veterans can um, apply to be editors of different sections like sports editor, music and drama editor. Um, they're in charge of their individual students that are on their staff. Everybody is on the photography staff. Every student takes pictures. Every student goes out to events. They're, um, some of them, they're pre-signed up. Uh, so if we have our sporting sport calendar that comes out in the fall, um, our editor-in-chief will sit down and actually sign everybody up for various events. So not one person is taking all the pictures. Now, if somebody wants to take pictures, they can very well sign up if they like, but everybody's responsible for taking pictures. And if they don't show up for an event and haven't found a replacement, they get a red card. And that red card goes, um, we have a little chart on the wall and it gets slid in there um, and they can get rid of the red card by offering to take over someone else's slot and that has worked quite a bit for the last last year and we're going to we're going to use it again this year um, if the student can't make an event to take pictures it's their responsibility to find a replacement and um, it takes a lot of heat off of myself as well as my editor-in-chief We'll get back to more with advisor Kim Bowser in just a moment. Right now, let's mention for Justin's advisors that you have a secret weapon at your disposal that some advisors never even use, and that's your own Replay It mobile app. At this point, nearly everyone now has a mobile device in their pocket or bag, and that means that you have an army of photographers out there, so let's put them to work for you. All those things you miss, maybe some sports games, some field trips, certain classes, and so on. If somebody out there can just snap a few images with their smartphone or tablet, they can use the Replay It app to easily transmit those images to your Yearbook Avenue website. Doesn't matter if you make your book online or using software, you can get these images through YBA. And one very special feature, which I believe is still an exclusive, we have our terrific moderation team. These are people who literally work 24-7 every single day, even holidays, checking every single image that comes in through Replay to make sure that they are appropriate. No dangers, complete safety. You can count on it with Replay It. 
Now, as the new school year begins, our Jostens tech folks are doing some upgrades to the replayed experience, so it's possible that they are still working on things as you listen to this, but if so, they'll be done soon. And when that happens, or even before, let's cut loose with your replayed experience, including uploading videos to be seen on replayed. Everybody loves videos. Or showcasing some of your current yearbooking picture work. Now, if you have more questions on Replant and ways to use it, be sure to contact your Jostens representative. Now, don't wait. Let's get your group actively using Replant right here, right now, at the start of the new school year. Now, let's get back to more of our interview. Now, as far as making the book, when, we, when you eventually mm -hmm. get to start working on that, how's everything organized? Page ladder's done. That was done in May before we left for this, the school year. The editor-in-chief sat down with the editors of the various sections and they laid it out and all the pages on Yearbook Avenue are already assigned. Uh, I've found over the years that the kids love to put the pictures in. They don't love to write. We're still working on that one, um, but they will write. Um, I do a lot of the designing. Um, in the past, I was quite an avid scrapbooker, and I kind of look at this as an online scrapbooking activity. So most of the pages are pre-designed, um, usually by me, um, and then the students are responsible for the content, what goes into the page. Um, we try to keep a particular section, like music and drama, has its own theme, its own color scheme, its own layout and then we change for sports it'll have its own color its own particular layout um, theme and then we move on from there all right let's back up sort of I know there are some advisors listening here who probably heard that and are got horrified like oh no because they want their kids to do all the work you're not saying you're doing a serious chunk of the work no oh no no I just put boxes in and design like a layout now and I didn't always do that there were years where I had students that were very into that and very very enjoyed it um, I just haven't had that kind of staff in the last few years I think um, most of my students love to, to depict the pictures love to put the pictures in to tell the story um, but they're not as artistically I guess involved in the design of the layout um, so I'll put the boxes in sometimes I, I'll ask them you know, I ask their opinion. Um, I'll be designing those in the next month or so, and um, I'll send it out to my editor-in-chief, and she'll ask some people to take a look at it, and we'll go from there. I, but if you have a staff that and have people that are willing to do it, by all means, use them. Because they'll have ideas that you won't have, you know, and I, I like that. Anybody would. Now, your school is grades 7 to 12. Yes. Are students from all six grades on staff, or is um, it a bit more limited? When we start the school year, we have 8 through 12 on the staff. Um, I will ask in the fall, the seventh graders, if anybody wants to, to be part of the staff, but I don't like to put that burden on the students as they're changing into the new school. Um, but in January, I, I do really push a plug for anyone who wants to come in during the second semester. So Now, you have new kids that come in every year. Yes. Team building, how do we get everybody working well together? The veterans usually take on the rookies. The hard part is getting the rookies willing to talk to them and ask questions. Um, we have some social events. Um, I have, um, sometimes I've had pancake breakfasts at my house. 
which we have for dinner. Um, we have a Christmas party. We have a picnic at the end of the year. The kids love those events. Today, when they get back at 1 o'clock, we'll be meeting for lunch together. Um, so it kind of builds that, that team concept. And, they're, and today, as they're out going into businesses, we have um, a rookie with uh, at least one rookie with one veteran. Nobody goes out that's brand new. Ever have any trouble with that? I mean, I'm thinking older kids may be working with rookie or younger kids, like sometimes. We've never had any trouble, trouble. We have kids that will come back to me when they're seniors and say, I was so afraid of that kid, that, that older kid, because they were all business and they, went, they were scaring me that we had to sell all these ads. Um, but I guess that's a, probably a good thing because it lets them know, you know how serious it is. I, I tell them, we're making a book that's not just for now, it's a book it's forever. It's a product. We're making a product. There's no other organization in the school that makes a product. Um, and people buy our product. They pay money for our product. And it's for a lifetime. Even after they're gone, people will still be looking at it. And I want the older kids know that. They hear me say it again and again, and they, make, they get that across to the kids. Now, when it comes, when school starts, and we're covering events, mm -hmm. sports games, the play, homecoming week, and so on. Do you have a certain way that you organize the group to make sure that everything's getting covered? Uh, we have a, a book, a binder, that has a whole calendar. Um, each week is done on a page, and when the editor-in-chief sits down and all the events get written into that binder, and the editor-in-chief will assign everyone to anything that's pre-scheduled, sporting events, drama events, music events. Um, when a, let's say, a pep assembly comes up, that would get written in when we find out about it, which is usually about a week in advance. Um, we'll take volunteers at first who want to take pictures, and then if we don't get volunteers, we'll just basically assign people. Um, and then that's also, people are told that they need to, staff is told to look at that book on a regular basis. And there, our photography editors try to remind them of the morning of or the week of events, but it's still the staff's responsibility to make sure that they're free and that they come and they pick up their cameras to take pictures at the various events, and if they don't, they get a red card. Now, most yearbook kids, probably at most schools, are busy kids. Very. They are on a sports team or they're in a club or they're involved with other things and so on. Is it tough keeping them on task? And a follow-up on that, you've been at this 14 years and life has changed, if you mm -hmm. will, over the years. Has that become harder, easier, keeping kids on task? I think it just depends on the kids that we get. Sometimes we have ones that are more involved. Sometimes I have ones that are more interested in doing yearbook stuff. Um, I just tap into what I can get. Um, sometimes I get somebody who's uh, just absolutely loves photography, and we can really lean on them. Some years we don't have that, um, and we have to pull from everybody. Uh, one of the things I started last year, as most advisors know, getting the students to write is, is probably one of the biggest challenges, if not the biggest challenge for me. Um, we started using Google Classroom in our school last year. And so I've actually created a Google Classroom for yearbook, and I've assigned if we have a, whatever we have in a deadline, let's say we'll have football. We'll have varsity football in the fall deadline. And I will assign that they have to have a paragraph done or a write-up done by a certain date for football. Every staff member on staff will be required to submit 
a write-up to that particular assignment in Google Classroom. They'll be graded on it, um, and then we can actually pull whenever we're that the person who has that particular page can look at the Google Classroom submissions and pull pieces of information from all the different writings to see what they would like to use so they don't necessarily have to create it from scratch. That's a big change for us, but a big positive change, using the technology um, to enable our staff to have more resources. In that vein, let's jump ahead a little bit. Let's say group's working on pages and it's coming up to deadline time. It's about time to start submitting pages. When it comes to proofreading, making sure, hey, this is what we want before you start zapping them in, mm -hmm. what do you do there? So let's go actually a month before deadline. So say we have a deadline at the beginning of December. The beginning of November, that will be the cutoff for whatever pages we have set for deadline, the first deadline. Um, every member of the staff will get a packet and every page that's in that deadline will be listed in that packet and every staff member is expected to proof every page that's in that deadline and write something about it and not just looks good. Um, they need to say if something, you know, this picture looks great but this picture is fuzzy, this, this is poor grammar in this particular sentence. And then um, I usually have a class in the fall and a class in the spring. All those papers would be collected and the class, which sometimes is only two or three students, we sit down and we, we go through every one of those, pa those packets and look at everybody's comments for every page to help us do the proofing of the pages, to make sure that we have all the names spelled correctly. We have a binder that has the students' names in them. It has them by grade level. It has them by homeroom and it also, we check to make sure everybody's names are spelled correctly. Um, sometimes we have students that were questionable because the school records are not the way the student tends to spell them. And because we're a small school, we kind of know that. So we'll even go to a student and say, how do you spell your name? How would you prefer your name spelled in the yearbook? Um, and we talk to them about that. But the proofing, it takes a month. And so by the time that month is over, the class has gone through, let's say it's 44 pages and we've gone through those 44 pages. Once we say, okay, the class has looked at them and done what we think we can do, I will write those page numbers on the board in my classroom. My yearbook students come in for homeroom. I have a yearbook homeroom. When they see those pages on the board, it's their responsibility to give it one more look over. And if we find another mistake, we correct it. I'll circle the number on the board. Uh, that lets the students know that, yeah, we've, we messed up and we didn't find a mistake, so they tend to focus more on, they like to be the one to find the mistake. I don't like mistakes, but I want to make sure we find them before it gets printed. All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll have the final part of our interview on getting things started for the new year in just a moment with some special advice for rookie advisors coming up. Of course, your yearbooking efforts are all about memories, remembering the school year and the people and the events and the stories for life. At Jostens, we make books for life. Always remind your students that yearbooks last a lifetime, and that makes it a very valuable item. Let's be honest, kids don't understand that. When you've only been on the planet 18 years or less for high schoolers, lifetime, that's a tough thing to grasp. Perhaps talk about class reunions, what happens there, where yearbooks are always a hot item for the folks to check out, and share some personal stories about the things you remember 
but maybe especially the things you've forgotten about your own school days. Students who've been around each other every day for years don't realize that once they graduate and leave school, it won't be too long before they start forgetting things simply because they're not around their classmates every day anymore. Kids don't get that, and most won't until, of course, they're actually out of school. If they create a subpar yearbook and don't bother to put a lot of great images in there, a lot of stories in the book, of course, it'll be too late to add that later. Stress that every single day your group works together, especially when you see them starting to lag or maybe get lazy. And hey, that happens to nearly every yearbook staff. It's that important. Please get that message across to your yearbook staffers, and I think you'll immediately see a better yearbook coming from it. Now, one more time, let's get back to more with Kim Bowser. All right, now let's jump back again. Advertising sales. Now, again, as we record this in late July, your mm -hmm. kids are out right now yep. visiting businesses. Yes. How long does that take? Does it take a long time to do this effort that you're been doing? Right now, events? we do the two days. Um, we have people, we have four groups here in town. Um, we'll have a group in a neighboring town um, about 20 minutes going east, and then we have another group another 20 minutes going west. Um, they have incentives. If they sell $500 worth of business ads over these two days, um, they can get a free yearbook. Um, they can also continue selling business ads until we sell out space in the book, um, until we sell books. Usually we take orders for books in October, um, and they have the lap time to get that $500 and get a free book. They also have an incentive over these two days, which I think is their major incentive, that the top salesperson for these two days gets $75. Everybody likes that incentive, and they work hard for it. Um, then after these two days, they are expected, every staff member is expected to take with them. They have, I have papers on every business. Um, they will take papers with them, and they will work for the next three weeks until we come back to school and trying to secure the businesses that we didn't get over these next couple days. Um, high salesperson by the end of the first week of school that wasn't the $75 winner wins $50. And they still continue to sell ads to get that free yearbook. If we have any space left after that, we'll have a call night where all the students will come in, I'll order pizza, and they'll sit around various places in the building and just make phone calls and call businesses to see if they still would like to buy ads. We do a 15% discount to businesses over these two days. Um, for the next three weeks, we'll do a 10% discount, and then after school starts, we do um, a full price for any businesses that didn't take advantage of the, the discount. Quick question on the cash. Because mm -hmm. I know someone's listening, they probably are saying there are some schools out there that would say, no, 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 we can't give cash to kids. Have you ever had a pushback on that? Nope, never had a problem with it. Um, if I, if the school was did want just cash, I mean, just wanted checks, we would just you know have them all ca all checks or money orders. Um, but we've never had a problem. The kids have always been okay. I mean, cash or checks, same thing. Right. I'm thinking about some schools would say, no, 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 we can't do that with kids. You've never had a problem. Never had a problem in 14 years. But today with the technology, there's I'm sure there's other ways, whether you did PayPal or Venmo or something online, we could set something like that up if we did. Um, I think it's being the small town area, um, but the kids, we've never in 14 years had a problem, knock on wood. <laughs> 
Now, briefly, you also do personal ads, and you've always done that on your own. Yes. Which I've never messed with because you do it really, mm -hmm. really well. Talk about that a little bit. Um, on the last day of school, last year, I mailed out flyers to all of the, that was then juniors, soon to be seniors, explaining that they can purchase, um, we call them senior tributes, tribute space in the back of the book, um, all the way from an eighth a page up to a full page and multiple pages if they want to. Um, and they have all summer to gather things together. On the first day of school, they would make sure if they wanted, I get it also offer a discount. Um, anyone who pays for their space and has their order form in by the first day of school gets a discount price. And they're guaranteed space in the book. If I need to speak to you about having pages add to the book to make to accommodate them, I will add pages to the book to accommodate them. Uh, and then after that, I cannot guarantee space in the book, but I did have a parent come to me a few years back. In November, I had no space left for tributes, and she wanted a two-page spread for her daughter. I contacted you and asked what our options were. Our options were to add four pages to the book, and I went to her and I said, this is what we have to pay for the pages in the book, and she was willing to do it because she didn't want to be that mother. <laughs> and so we got the tributes in. But they are, the parents know um, that if they have it in by the first day of school, the money in the order form, they can send the pictures in later. They can send their write-up in later. Um, but as long as they have it in on the first day of school, they're guaranteed space in the book. Right. And we get quite a response. Parents really like to do that. Message here, especially for rookie advisors, you want to be financially in the black. If somehow you're in the red or in that nether zone, no, no, we got to get you out. Mm -hmm. Talk to your Johnson's representative. We'll help you get there, like, like sort of like what we did. Yes. I guess. Now let's talk about briefly the school year. It's a long period. You hit those stretches where you're like dragging yourself mm -hmm. through the school year. How do you keep your staff motivated to keep working hard month after month all year long? Um. Sometimes it's a lot of yelling. Sometimes it's time for a pancake breakfast, spaghetti dinner. Um, sometimes you got to remember that they're they're kids, they're students. Even though you want them, you know, you treat them like your employees at times. You have to remember that. Um, sometimes you got to get to know what's personally going on in there. I had a student who had some issues last year, so we pulled a little bit of the weight off of that student, and the, and the kids really will step up when they know that. Um, I was out for a number of weeks last year for surgery and um, the kids really stepped up. They, um, if you let them know, if you're honest with them, that this is a tough time and they, they're realistic, if you're realistic, they'll be realistic as well. Um, just not making one person responsible for everything, making sure that you rely on everybody and make sure everybody knows that they're important to the group makes a big difference. Okay. Now, this statistic's been around for a long time. The average yearbook advisor only does this for about three years. Hmm. Yes. You've done this for 14, yes. and you're going strong. Any secrets? Did you ever want to give it up after three years? Why? No. How, how have you been able to do this this long? Uh, organization. Um, I There are certain things that get done at certain times of the year, and... Once I read, and my staff, if my staff knows what I expect of them, then I'm more of an overseer than a doer. And then I don't become burnt out. I don't get tired of it. 
and each year is so new and brings a new group of kids, brings a new book. Uh, I was just explaining to you how I'm overwhelmed this time of the year. Um, new book, nothing's done. All these ads have to be sold to raise money to keep the cost down. Um, just overwhelming at this point in the year. And I stop and I think, we've done it before, we'll do it again, it'll be another special book, and make sure that I'm not doing everything. When you do everything, you will burn out. Uh, when you're doing the pages, when you're doing the proofing, when you're going out and taking pictures, yeah, but I won't do that. I, have I gone and taken pictures? Of course I have. Have I, have I proofed pages that haven't been proofed by anyone else? Of course I have, but for the most part, I make sure my staff knows what I expect of them. And I set that bar high, and as long as they do their job, I can do my job, and I, I keep going. All right, one more question. Uh, I, I'm going to assume we probably have some rookie advisors listening. They're brand new to this. Maybe they just got the job, or they've been doing it for a year. In other words, they're not in that three-year zone. Well, they're in that three-year zone, right. actually. Quick tips things to do well, ways to keep your sanity, what, what can they do? Rely on your staff. Pick good people to be your staff. If you run into issues, lean on the rest of them. Um, try to keep it organized. Don't try to do everything at once. Don't try to do everything yourself. Um, listen. Listen to your staff. Um, the red card idea came up last year. The assigning of um, things ahead of time came up. Like we would assign a couple weeks in advance prior to that, but now we're doing an entire season. All of the season is is assigned in advance. My staff came up with that idea, not me. You know, after 13 years, new idea. Um, the Google Classroom. Someone mentioned we had to do something for yearbook in Google Classroom. I didn't come up with that idea. You know, I took the idea and I ran with it. So you got to listen to the staff, They're especially people, the kids that have been through it before. Um, keep everything. Keep every file you create, every form you create, every document you create. Don't get rid of it. Don't dump it. You, you'll probably need it again. If you do a fundraiser and it's successful, keep all of your records and do it again. Um, those are some of the things that I can say. Well, you must be doing something right because you won the Yearbook Program of Excellence Award seven years in a row. And by the way, I we, didn't. My staff did. We've only <laughs> had it for seven years. Yes. So you won it every year. I know from checking that there's only a literal handful of schools that can make that claim. So you must be doing something right. And it looks like you're having fun doing it. Yeah. I still enjoy it. Kim, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we hope you got some good ideas and advice from Kim and from this podcast. Again, our plan is to have a new episode each month, probably right around the middle of the month. We'll see how we do. I'm Scott Giese from Johnston's, and thanks for listening to the Yearbooking Podcast. Check us out again next time.